advising that the city of Spokane Valley issue a proclamation stating that our city is a Second Amendment sanctuary city. Welcome to the fire. Today on Church and State, I got in a Facebook fight. It's not something I normally do, but I'm going to address it right here on my own platform. Hello, Christian Patriots, and welcome to Church and State, where we strive to plug you into the pew and plug you into politics. And I am your host, Caleb Collier, once again, your favorite far-right shock jock and the most schizophrenic show you listen to on a daily basis, plus apparently a Facebook pot stirrer. I've always been a pot stirrer. I think most of my audience knows that. Hey, in case you missed it, we've got a new intro. That's right. We got to give applause to Chris. Well done, sir. Well done. Um, we're working with some people to fine tune the show. And one of the recommendations was to shorten the intro. So there it is. Plus, you get to see Gabe in all of his American Ninja Warrior glory. Yes, that's right. He is a Ninja Warrior and he fights the system. With all of that ninja style, it's pretty awesome. Hey, go on over to churchandstate.media. Utilize our fantastic website. We've got some new affiliates. In fact, uh, Chris, are we on the newest one? Do we have that one? No, not yet. Okay, I'm going to go back to Grid Down Chow Down. I love these guys. I love this because I eat beef. They're, let me tell you a little secret about men. We're really not that hard to figure out, okay? You could feed us a beef dish every single day and we'd be happy. Okay. When, when I wake up in the morning, steak and eggs. Okay. When I want lunch, let's go with a nice, like really thick roast beef sandwich. Nice. Yeah. Real good sourdough bread. Absolutely. All right. And then for dinner, feed me steak again. All right. You can even throw on a few vegetables if you need to. You know, I can have a little bit of a salad, but beef is where it's at. We get excited about it. Nobody comes over when you have barbecue. I know it's cold right now, but when you have barbecue season, right? And the men all go out on the, on the back deck because that's where the barbecue action is. We all congregate around it and we just stare at it, right? Nobody gets excited if it's chicken. We don't all sit there and like, ah, oh, that yard bird, that sure looks good. No, but when you're throwing steak on there, we all just sit silently and salivate. That's what it's about. Look, the globalists don't want you eating beef. They have declared a war on it. Okay, why? Well, it's to emasculate us. I mean, it, they take away one of our great loves. I refuse to live in a world that is Soylent Green. You remember Soylent Green? Obviously, everybody remembers Soylent Green for, you know, the fact that we were eating people. But there was a scene in the movie where Charleston Heston finds a steak. And he brings it back to the guy that he, he is, the older gentleman that's kind of his sage that he lives with. And they cook it up. And Charlton Heston had never tried it before in his life. They were amazed. Right? Make sure that you can always have beef on hand through Grid Down Chow Down. Freeze-dried beef. It's fantastic. All right? Use that promo code Church and State. You're going to get a discount. We're going to get some of it back. Also, if you want to donate to us churchandstate.media, hit the donate button. We're trying to raise more funds in order to stay on the American Christian Network. Lastly, Church and State 1776 at proton.me. This is how you get a hold of us. And I always like getting the emails, ladies and gentlemen. Keep writing. I, I always respond. I guarantee it. 
All right. Let's talk a little bit about Be Vigilant. I just recently heard their show. They attacked me again. I don't understand this. I'm such a nice guy. Like, everybody loves being around me. And yet, they they attacked first. They drew first blood. This is what it comes down to. Now, they're all saying that they just had simply teased me. Are you making my head big? What are you doing over there? Yeah, you are. Look at that. Stop it. Anyway, um, they, they had teased me, and so my reaction was to immediately declare war. Well, of course, I'm always that guy that's going to go too far. You should just be used to this by now. But in their recent podcast, what did they say? They said, I have no style. How dare they? I've got so much style. I, I wear suits a lot. Everybody likes this dress, right? It's, it's, it's a good look. Now, they said, it's casual, Caleb. Casual Caleb is just, they, they say, I need help. Look, I like t-shirts and baggier jeans. Not like, not like really baggy jeans, but I'm sorry. You are never going to convince me to wear skinny jeans. Okay, I like to be comfortable in my jeans. And that means they're going to be a little bit loose. And I'm okay with that. And there's nothing wrong with a t-shirt. Perfectly acceptable. They also said, they once again went after me for my tech issues. Okay, if, if I fully admit this, then it's not an attack. You're just stating the obvious. So clearly Be Vigilant has more work to do in order to come to this level to where they can actually shoot and be on target. And, and I think that's perhaps the biggest difference between the Marine Corps and the Navy, which Matt Dean uh, from Be Vigilant was in the Navy. They don't even practice with firearms. Like, they don't even need them, right? So as a Marine, I know how to get those iron sights right on there and shoot targets downrange. So, sorry guys, you need a little bit more work to be able to go to war with me. All right, with that, let's talk about uh, the elections. And look, I'm not going to talk about the elections in the way that you think I'm going to. I'm going to talk about crazy conspiracy theories. Yeah, those kind. Okay, because what happened on Thursday, the day after, or sorry, Wednesday, the day after the election? What did we see? We all expected a new count, right? There were 25,000 votes that still needed to be counted. And we expected that they'd get through, I don't know, on average, they get around 5,000 a day. So we expected that number to change. Well, we all had to wait a whole lot longer. Why? Why was that? Well, shocker for you. They found a letter. And when it was opened, a suspicious white powder substance was discovered in it. So, of course, what do they got to do? They got to clear the building. Okay. Now, it was tested, and they always want to test it for anthrax because people still like putting that in the mail, apparently. It wasn't anthrax. It was fentanyl, which is very deadly. You get that on your hands, you're going to die. Okay. So, they had to shut down the Spokane County Elections Office. Interestingly enough, it wasn't just Spokane. No, it was Pierce, Skagit, and King Counties as well. Why does this kind of stuff always happen? Why do we constantly have to evacuate the election offices and send everybody home to include the people counting the votes and the people that are watching those who count the votes? Why does this consistently happen? Oh, I don't know. Maybe we could go back to Stalin. Stalin, who said that he doesn't care how people votes. He cares who counts those votes. Maybe it could be that. Look, learn a new tune already. If you're going to cheat, stop cheating in ways that people like me can identify immediately and say, fraud, fraud. 
once again, I don't trust the results of another election. And that got me banned off of YouTube. Maybe it'll get me banned on other social media platforms. But I want to bring it to your attention. Why? Because I think enough of us need to rise up and, oh, I don't know, maybe change the system that we have. Maybe remove this mail-in ballot system that is so easy to cheat on. That could be an idea. In-person voting? Hmm, it worked for years. But no. No, are we too lazy as Americans to go back to a system that makes us get up in the morning, drive down, and actually vote? Maybe. But I think it's well worth it. I think to bring back the security that Americans generally have in their minds about our election process, maybe we need to take some drastic steps and return, I don't know, back to a system that actually worked. All right, let's move on. And I really want to spend a lot of time on this next story. Um, I think I've talked about it before on this show, but uh, I find social media debates and arguments to be rather pointless. Why? Because you don't even have to be good at debate in order to engage in that. Okay, people love to post something and then somebody else responds and then it's like, well, where's your source? And people are always asking for sources. Stop it. Okay, but also they're posting links and it's like, I don't have time for this. I'm a very busy guy. I'm out there fighting for this country. I'm not going to sit there and debate somebody on social media. But every once in a while, somebody gets me. And it happened just the other day. I posted an article called Fam- from uh, famineinthland.com. And it was invalid reasons for staying in a church you know teaches false doctrine. Look, this is an important issue. And the one, one that we need to be discussing in the church because there's a lot of false doctrine as of late there's a lot of people who are promoting ideas or beliefs that actually fly completely in the face of what we were directed to in the bible and if somebody dares to question things we always hear the same accusations don't we well you're a pharisee you have the spirit of jezebel You have a spirit of diversion or division, okay? There's all these attacks that get leveled at the individual who's simply just asking questions, like, is this biblical, okay? We, as congregants of the church, should never be afraid to approach the leadership of the church. We should be able to sit down with them and say, hey, during the sermon, you said this, and I went back and was reading through the Bible, and I'm just not seeing that, can we sit down and, and just discuss this? I'm not angry. I'm not attacking you. I would hope that you wouldn't attack me. But can we just simply discuss this subject? And I would hope that any pastor, or maybe more appropriately said, any shepherd, would gladly sit down with that individual and say, well, this is how I got to this point. I'm using this scripture. Okay, I read this book from this individual who's a well-established theologian. Things of that nature. But unfortunately, most of the time, an attack happens, and then a shunning by the church occurs, and ultimately, this person is felt that they are out. And what are, they, what are their choices at that point? Leave the church? Be hurt? A lot of people get so hurt that they end up leaving the church entirely, and that's not healthy. We know that. 
or they have to humble themselves, right? And just submit to the church, to the leadership of the church, even if they still have questions, even if they're still feeling uncomfortable. Okay, if you find yourself in a church that is engaging in heresy or is that is treating you in the manner that I just described, I would suggest it's time to leave. But there are a lot of reasons why people stay. And so I wanted to break this down. So it's uh, by an individual pastor by the name of Rick Becker. It was published all the way back in 2018. But it talks about when the scales of deception are removed from your eyes, many find themselves in a dilemma. They realize that the church that they love and attended, where they were possibly even saved, teaches false doctrine. False doctrines such as word of faith, prosperity gospel, dominion theology, and of course the unhealthy mixture of all three found in the new apostolic reformation. You know on this show that I have done numerous episodes where I've discussed the new apostolic reformation and the dangers that I believe it brings to the church. Okay, And for those that would say uh, that NER doesn't exist, um, where's your proof on this? Your, your claim is that the New Apostolic Reformation is entirely made up, then why are so many people talking about it? Why do you have people within your own movement that say, yes, we are part of the New Apostolic Reformation? I thought it didn't exist. Or I've also heard the accusation that this is uh, communist propaganda. And it is designed to actually enter into the church and cause division. Uh, no. No, this is believers who are seeing a movement throughout uh, a lot of the American church, a lot of the African church as well. It's, it's caught on in certain pockets. And we're asking questions. We're pursuing truth. That's what this is about. So accompanying these false doctrines and false practices, there's manifestations. And individuals find themselves torn in two. Should they leave or should they stay and attempt to navigate the spiritual minefield that they find themselves in? That's a recipe for disaster. And they come up with excuses, excuses as to why they'll stay. So let's talk a little bit about some of those. Number one, I'll simply uh, ignore the bad teaching, eat the meat and spit out the bones. I have heard this a number of times in my life. You just, Caleb, you just got to eat the meat and spit out the bones. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I've heard this about books. Look, this is a really good book. You know, chapters 6 and, and uh, 10 and 11 are garbage. Just throw those out. Why would I even read it then? Don't you think that if these certain chapters are garbage, that perhaps it's influenced the entire book? I mean, don't we read a book to get a full context, right? The ideas, and, and nobody's going to retain all of the information in said book, but they're going to get the, the overall view of it. Don't you think that if some of it is garbage, it might color the rest of it? Possibly. Okay, but there's one book, one book that I know of where there are no bones. You don't have to spit out those bones. Oh, and that book is called the Bible in case you forgot. Yeah, everything in the word of God, his holy word is 100% true. We all believe that as Christians, right? We believe the inerrancy of the word of God. And yet, when you start questioning things that maybe the pastor said or maybe the church is teaching, well, they get upset with you. 
But if you're using the Bible as your standard, isn't that appropriate? Can't you point to it and say, no, that's not what it says here. Well, just eat the meat and spit out the bones. A horrible, horrible excuse. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Right? That's, that's really what it comes down to. There's really no biblical mandate for this argument. Okay? Those who teach contrary to the gospel need to be marked and avoided. Not marked and ignored. Right? Let's go to the scripture and what it says about this. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. Romans 16, 17. In his letter to Timothy, Paul explains that someone approved by God rightly divides the words of truth. 2 Timothy 2.15 gives an example of teachers who did not rightly divide uh, God's word, um, that who swerved from the truth, saying that the resurrection had already happened, and they are upsetting the faith of some. That was verse 18. And then finally, Paul tells us our, what our response should be. God's firm foundation stands bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. That's verse 19. But when you sit under a pastor who's twisting the word of God, you're submitting yourself to uh, someone who's really disqualified here. You're actually submitting yourself to somebody who is damaging our faith. You're submitting to a wolf in sheep's clothing. Your pastor especially should be the one that is rebuking false teachings and doctrines. Titus 1.9 tells us that he must fir- hold firm to the trustworthy, as, or trustworthy word as taught so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. Everything that we need as far as our Christian faith, our Christian understanding, our Christian wisdom is found in the word of God. And if somebody departs from that, why would you possibly submit to that? And why would you ignore any bad teachings that are found within the church? I'll just stay and be a witness. I've heard this one as well. I'll just stay and be a witness. I'll be a watchman on the wall. Well, here's the problem with that belief system. Is the watchman on the wall, and it's taken out of context, okay? The watchman on the wall was designed to do what? Not to watch behind him, but to look out on the horizon and to see enemies approaching and to sound the trumpet and to be ready for battle. When you declare yourself that you'll just stay and be a witness or you'll be a watchman on the wall inside of a church that is engaging in heresy, you're going to get knifed in the back. That's what's going to happen. Okay, You're going to be accused. It, it may work for a short period, but eventually you're going to hear this. You're sowing division and you have a rebellious spirit. You're going to have to be dealt with by your leaders. Scary. It's a scary position. Why would you put yourself in that type of a position to where you know that eventually they're not going to like the questions you ask? They're not going to like that you push back. Eventually, you'll be declared an enemy. Once again, you'll either be forced out, made to feel extremely uncomfortable, 
or you're going to have to deal with this spirit that they've labeled you with. I have family members in the church, and if I leave, I'll offend them. This is number three. Uh, or in some cases, just really good friends. Right? But once again, here's the issue. What are you doing by staying? If they haven't, if the scales haven't been removed from their eyes, if they're still caught up in the deception and you continue to stay, aren't you validating the church that you have an issue with? Is it more important to stay for the sake of peace or to correct some individual who is being led astray? And you know one of the best ways of correction here is to leave. When you leave and you've got family in the church or very close friends that are in the church and you leave, do you think maybe possibly they might ask you why you left? I would assume so. And that point, look, you're going to be accused of having a spirit of gossip now. But at that point, lovingly, the Bible instructs us on how to do it, but lovingly explain what you saw. You're not attacking once again, but you're just saying, look, I was uncomfortable with this, this, and this. Okay, I, I had some issues here. And so I ultimately decided to leave. And I just, I hope that that church can be corrected. I hope that the Lord moves within that church and corrects them. And sometimes that correction can be a little rough. But that's not because of you. It's because they are operating contrary to what the Lord said. And he doesn't take that lightly. Let's just look at Acts 20, 29 through 31. You really do. You have a duty to warn your family and friends. Acts 20, 29 through 31. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert, remembering that for three years, I did not cease night and day to admonish everyone with tears. Paul is telling us right there that there will be wolves. There will be individuals within the church who have their own agenda that are going to try to come in and lead people astray. And we are not to associate with people like that. How about number four on this list? I stand to lose too much. I would say that you, and the author points this out as well, you stand to lose way too much if you stay. Okay? Yeah, you might. You might have been in this church for years. You might have, you know, associations in your job. You might have a, a job that you work in where a lot of people from that church actually utilize your profession. You may be a plumber or a landscaper or something to that effect. And that church, you have a, a lot of clientele from it. And it may hurt to lose that. But ultimately, you have to make a decision. Are you going to serve God or mammon? Are you going to follow false teaching because it makes your life easier? You have money in the bank? Are you going to rely on the Lord? I would hope that the vast majority of you would say, yeah, I'm going to rely on the Lord. Number five on this list says, despite some bad doctrines, God still moves. This is an argument 
usually referring to signs and wonders. Testimonies from people in the church, or perhaps even your own experiences. The presence of the Lord was so strong during the service. There was such a powerful anointing during the meeting, and Holy Spirit was present. I've heard these things myself. The problem is these are subjective experiences, and they're taking precedence over the Word of God. And ultimately, you're dealing with mysticism, not necessarily biblical Christianity here. People falling over backwards, gold dust, rain during a prayer meeting, fire tunnels, goosebumps, signs and wonders. They're not necessarily evidence of God moving. And in fact, we're warned once again. Matthew 24, 24. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. The coming of the lawless one by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders and with all wicked deceptions for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. Therefore, God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false in order that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. 2 Thessalonians 2, 9 through 11. If your ears are being tickled by these false signs and wonders, then maybe you're on the side of unrighteousness. And it's returned to the word of God, to loving the truth. And perhaps even leaving the church, your church, Finding one that stands firm on his word, that's the solution. Number six on here is I will be without spiritual covering. This is really problematic because it's just simply not the case, but it's a way that false teachers have really manipulated you. Okay, this idea that you've got to be under this spiritual covering. Look, we do have to be in a church. Okay, I will never argue against that. You've got to be in there or you're going to be picked off. But always having a this spiritual covering, it's a way for them to influence you. There have been cases of people who have actually used this spiritual covering to have so much authority within the church that they will mandate who you can marry, what job you can work. This is false submission. This is wrong. I'm running out of time. Uh, I play a valuable, <laughs> excuse me, still dealing with that cough. I play a valuable role in the church. Maybe you do. Maybe you're the worship leader. Maybe you're the pastor. You're, maybe you do a Bible study group. Maybe you're the secretary. All of these issues, yes. But you know what? If you leave, once again, you're going to show people that there might be a problem here and people are going to come to you and perhaps be redirected towards what is true. Playing a valuable role in the church and staying just legitimizes what the issues are that you're having a problem with, that the Lord is convicting you over. And what about no alternative nearby? Now, I know that we reach some in the rural areas, and sometimes there is very few choices as far as churches go. But I would hope that your salvation and the salvation of your wife and your children would be enough that maybe it's worth the drive, or or maybe you could go online and watch something, something that will actually honor the word of God instead of leading people astray. I've run out of time, but this is definitely a subject matter that I want to approach again and again and again until we get it all through our collective thick heads that defending heresy is not unity in the body. Church and State is sponsored in part by Patriot Church and the Constitution Party. I'm Caleb Collier. I was born for a storm. 
Welcome to the fire.